Welcome to episode 19 of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. Today, we're continuing in our series of Women of the Bible. Of course, this is one of my favorite topics, and specifically today, we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Martha of Bethany. They are sisters who love Jesus. Jesus taught them, affirmed them. Jesus spent time with them. It is really beautiful to see Jesus's heart for people and for women through their story. Today, we're just going to be talking about John 11, 1 through 44. This is when Jesus actually raises their brother Lazarus from the dead. And next week, we'll do part two, which is the part you've probably heard preached on in church many times if you've gone to church, which is about the scene where Mary and Martha are serving Jesus in different ways. Martha is preparing him a meal and Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. So we're going to look at that passage next week. Today, we're going to start with the first part of the passage And the first part of their story, really, which is really Jesus displaying his power and also having moments where he teaches them, which is beautiful. All right, let's get started. Hey, Millennial. Welcome to the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women, where you can come as you are, where you are in your faith journey. We're here to explore who God is and what he has to say through studying his words in the Bible. Hi, I'm Catherine Elise, and each week it's my intention to take important, relevant topics and examine them with you through the lens of God's Word and the good news of Jesus. If you're here for an honest look at Scripture, beyond pulling random verses out of context, open to creative ways to connect with the ultimate Creator, and hoping for some good old-fashioned critical thinking about living out your faith, you're in the right place. I mean, as a former history teacher, you know I'm not going to let us off the hook with surface level application. So grab a cup of coffee, put on your favorite sweats, and download that Bible app. Let's get started with today's topic. I like to begin with a word of prayer, so here we go. Lord, thank you so much for how you give us so many glimpses of who you are in the Bible. Thank you that the Bible tells your story and that we can learn so much from it. I pray that you would enlighten our minds today as we look into your story and we see the way that Jesus interacted with Martha and Mary in the miraculous sign of raising Lazarus from the dead. How awesome is that? Thank you, Lord, so much. And I pray that we would have our eyes opened and that you would speak through me and that you would minister to the hearts of everyone who's listening and to myself as we read this passage. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So of course, we've got to start with a little context here always. At this point in John, Jesus has already got his public ministry established. And in the chapter before chapter 11, Jesus actually claims to be God And then he has to leave Judea because people were trying to stone him at one point and then they say that they're going to arrest him. So he and his disciples actually go across the Jordan River out of Judea into a different region and they do that for a little bit before the story begins and then that's where the story picks up. Now at one point in the story the disciples are going to express concern about going back into Judea which is a big region which includes the city of Bethany where Martha and Mary live. Now the disciples are worried because if he goes back to Judea the chances of him getting arrested or stoned are pretty high and it was kind of scary. So that's part of what you see happening here. But of course I'm going to focus in primarily on what's going on with Martha and Mary and not what's going on with the disciples in the discussion. All right, so this is John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. 
a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there's a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he was sleeping, he will get better soon. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him? But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. 
You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. That's where we're going to end for today. Of course, we'll pick it back up next week. So I wanted to point out first that obviously this is an incredible miracle. It is so wonderful to see the raw power of Jesus and just being able to raise a man literally from the dead. Literally a miracle. And he shows God's glory in this passage and says that he does it for God's glory. So I just want to point out first and foremost that this is a really incredible miracle. And then, of course, we are going to be focusing on Mary and Martha's role in the story and how Jesus interacts with them. Thomas, in verse 16, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. I think that's a really cool moment where Thomas just shows a lot of bravery and willingness to follow Jesus into death. So I thought that that was an interesting um, little moment there. One last thing to point out is I saw in this passage that in verse 9, 10, and 11, Jesus is talking about hours of daylight during the day. People can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world, but at night there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. I was looking into it and it seems to me that that whole section there has to do with doing the work that's in front of us with the time that we have. So almost kind of noting that Jesus still has work to do while he's alive. We get the whole New Testament to look at. So we know that after this, his death is coming pretty soon. So I think it has that significance too, that um, we are to work using the time that we have. So anyways, that's just something that I noticed. And that was what I had read in the commentaries. I didn't go too deep into that one because I wanted to focus on Martha and Mary. So here we go. Let's start first with the attributes of Martha and Mary. And then we'll move into what we can learn about Jesus through their story. Because I think we can learn so much. First, I want to clarify that this is Mary of Bethany. She is not the same as Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is not the same as Mary, wife of Clopas. She's not the same as Mary Magdalene. There are so many Marys in the New Testament. It seems to be a very common name. But no, she's completely different. She is Mary of Bethany is usually how she's referred to. She's also the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus. So the attributes of these two sisters. Well, I wanted to find things that they had in common because they actually have a lot of things in common here. And then I'll also point out a couple differences between the two sisters as well. The first thing that we can say about both of them is that they called upon Jesus in a time of distress and they knew confidently that he could do something about it. So in the beginning of this passage, we see that Jesus has left Judea and he gets this message from the sisters that says, hey, our brother is sick and it's clear that they're worried that he's going to die. And of course, Jesus, knowing what Jesus knows, knows that Lazarus will actually die and then be raised back to life once again. So they have this confidence that as their brother is dying, that Jesus will be able to intervene and do something for them. And they know that he can save their brother. They're confident. They have seen the way that he heals people. They have seen his heart for people. And they know that if they call upon Jesus, Jesus will be able to help them. Now, 
They don't necessarily know that Jesus can raise people from the dead, but they do know that as sick as Lazarus is on the brink of dying, that Jesus is their hope and they call upon him in their distress. That's really beautiful. The second point is they have total faith in Jesus. Now, both sisters pretty much say the same thing when they greet Jesus once he has arrived after Lazarus has died. Martha in verse 21 said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Now, her and Mary both say, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. They have this absolute faith in Jesus. They really, really believe that he can heal the sickest people. And they have confidence that he would have intervened for them. Not just that he can do it, but that he will do it. And their faith is placed absolutely correctly because Jesus can do it and does do it, even though they don't know he can do it when it comes to raising someone from the dead. That is beyond what they are going to ask him, right? Third point. Mary and Martha believe Jesus is the Christ. So Mary actually professes it in her whole conversation with Jesus. In verse 27, she says, Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Now, if she didn't actually truly believe that or if she was lying, I think probably Jesus would have called her out or said something to draw her attention to her lack of faith. But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Jesus was not afraid to point out where people lacked belief. And later he will correct Martha. Martha is not a perfect person. But I think for sure it is beautiful to see here Martha, a woman, affirming and believing who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah. The Messiah is the Savior that had come to save the Jewish people and, of course, to also save the Gentiles, the rest of us as well believing that he's the son of God, the promised one, the one who has come into the world. She professes that with her mouth. She says it out loud right to Jesus. This is who you are. Many of his followers could not understand that and did not believe that, but Martha can really grasp that. Now, Mary does not say specifically, I believe you are the Messiah. She doesn't say it as outright as Martha, but we will see next week when we finish up this passage and also look at one in a different one in the New Testament as well, We will see that by Mary's actions, the way she anoints Jesus and the way that she she pours oil on him, by the way that she sits at his feet to learn, we will see that she really does also believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is worthwhile to listen to and to believe in, and that he is in fact the promised one for Israel. Okay, fourth thing I noticed is that Martha is practical. Now, we will see this again next week. It's the famous passage, the Martha and Mary passage that most people know. But I do want to point it out even here that Martha's character is pretty consistent, that she is practical. And we see that in the end of the passage there, right before Lazarus is raised from the dead. In verse 39, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead four days. The smell will be terrible. Now, I have to agree with Martha here. If someone was trying to like do this with um, someone that I knew that had died four days ago, I would probably be very hesitant to just want to smell that or want to be near, you know, this is a dead relative, someone that was very close to her, someone she's clearly, you know, grieving over right now. 
And so she probably also doesn't want to see, see that, but she definitely says she doesn't want to smell that. And I think that that's very practical. And I think that that's very understandable and very human. Now, she didn't really know that Jesus was going to be raising her brother from the dead, or else I'm sure she wouldn't have said that. But Jesus actually responds to her, and we'll get back to that point in just a second. Fifth and last point here, Mary is not afraid to grieve openly. Now, I do want to mention that when I was investigating a little bit, it does seem to me that the custom at the time was to grieve very openly and very loudly. And that was something that was expected at the time to grieve in this very open, loud, mourning, loud crying type of way. That being said, it's still worth mentioning, I think, that her grief is so raw and so real that it stirs something in Jesus. It really does. It brings about two different things. First, Jesus's tears and also his anger. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. But I think that that's really interesting. It stirs that emotion in Jesus. And so that must, to me, mean that there's something very raw and honest and open about her grieving and her mourning. And I think that that really affirms that we can go to Jesus when we are grieving. And he is stirred. It stirs something in the heart of your Savior when you go to him with your grief. And that's beautiful. All right. So what can we learn about Jesus through Martha and Mary's story? Well, first, I want to say that Jesus loves you deeply. Anything that you are going through is not a sign that you are unloved by Jesus. Anything you're going through. He absolutely loves his people. And where am I getting this? I'm getting this from the beginning of the chapter in the first few verses when Jesus learns that Mary and Martha's brother is dying. And it says specifically in verse five, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And I think in those two days, in the four days that Lazarus is dead, clearly Lazarus suffered. And clearly Mary and Martha also suffered. They are grieving. They are suffering. They are so sad by their brother's death. That is such an open wound for them. And Jesus could have gone there and healed him. He could have said, I'm coming to relieve their sorrow and and fear. And yet he leaves them in their suffering. And I think that's really interesting. He allows them to suffer and it doesn't take away from his love. He clearly loves the sisters. And we see that when he's moved to tears by Mary's grief. He sees her grief, her raw expression of sadness and pain. And he is moved to tears. Jesus, the Savior of the world, God, he is moved to tears by our grief, by the grief of those he loves. So when we're suffering and in pain, it doesn't mean that Jesus loves us less. If you're in a season of deep grief and pain, that is so difficult and it hurts and it tears at you and it feels insurmountable and Jesus loves you so much. He loves you deeply in that sorrow. It's not a sign that he stopped loving you or stopped caring for you. He never will. He loves you deeply. 
Secondly, Jesus revealed his true self to women. He tells Mary exactly who he is. He tells her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? He is revealing so much of his true self to women. This is a very special revelation that he's giving her, that he is the resurrection and the life, that you will live even after dying by believing in Jesus. You will never die if you believe in Jesus. And he's not talking about your physical death. Of course, you will physically die. He's talking about your spiritual death. There is more for you than this life. And I love that he tells that to a woman, Martha. Number three, Jesus is angered by death. This is so interesting. I, I have thought about this a lot ever since reading it um, a couple weeks ago and like thinking about it the past couple weeks. This is just so interesting to me. In verse 33, it says, When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. And this is so interesting. If you think about it, Jesus, he has two things here. He, this anger is stirred within him. He weeps, he cries, and then it says he continues to be angry. So that's so interesting. I thought, what could Jesus possibly be angry about? I get if he's sad and grieving, and I, I get if he's moved to compassion, but what is this anger? Jesus sees Mary weeping, and he saw the other people around her wailing, and he has this deep anger, but it doesn't seem to be directed at Mary or any of the people near her. It doesn't seem to be directed at a person. He doesn't say anything specific to any of the people. That seems angry. So it was really interesting. I was thinking like, what is he angry about? And then I read a couple of different commentaries and they all consistently said that Jesus is angry at death. He's angry at the state of the world, at the wrongness of people dying. That's not how things were intended to be. Death was not what we were supposed to experience. And so this was really interesting. And I think that that shows so much of who Jesus is, that he's angered by death. And he has come to conquer death by dying for the sins of this world, by dying for you and me, that we might live and not experience the final death. The fourth point, Jesus found it worthwhile to teach and to correct women. And I love this point. He teaches Martha who he is. First, that passage that I reread about him talking about being the resurrection and the life he gives her that special revelation. And then he also corrects her when she doesn't want to uncover her brother. So he, he kind of speaks to, okay, this is going to reveal God's glory. And I think that that's really wonderful because a true student, a true learner, a true follower of Jesus must have correction, must be able to have their way of thinking redirected when they're wrong. And only a true teacher would correct someone who they consider to be a student worthy of learning from them. 
So I think that that's really cool. And I read in one commentary, I didn't see it backed up by others, so I'm not sure how true this is, but it was saying at the time that rabbis were often either hesitant or sometimes refused to teach women. And so Jesus, who is clearly a teacher, did not reject women. And he didn't teach Martha who he is so that she could then specifically teach her children and not so she could go and specifically teach women. There was no prerequisite to the women Jesus chose. He didn't say, okay, now go share that with your children or now go share that with only women. There was no qualification, pre-qualification for teaching them that. He didn't put some kind of boundary around it. It's so interesting to me. And it's not even mentioned that Mary or Martha had any children. And so Jesus taught Martha and Mary specifically in this passage, Martha, for the sake of teaching her, for her. I think that's something we overlook a lot of times when we're talking about women learning in the Bible. So I just want to emphasize that Jesus found it worthwhile to teach and correct women, not so that they could fulfill some societal role, but so that they could learn from their savior, their Messiah, their the person who is giving everything for them. Let's not forget that. All right, to summarize, attributes of Martha and Mary of Bethany, they called upon Jesus in distress, knowing he could do something about it. They have absolute faith in Jesus. They both believe that Jesus is the Christ. Martha is practical, and Mary is not afraid to openly grieve. So what can we learn about Jesus through their story? First of all, Jesus loves you deeply. He reveals his true self to women. He is angered by death. And he finds it worthwhile to teach and correct women. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you choose women, that you love them, that you are with them, that you use them in incredible ways. Thank you that you love women for who they are and how you designed them. Thank you for every single woman who's listening. And thank you, Lord, that I get the opportunity to speak to them today. I pray that you would stir their hearts in the way that only you can. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. If you got something meaningful out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help more women find the show, and it helps grow our community. Plus, these reviews help me see how God is using this podcast, and that, my friends, blesses me greatly. Oh, and be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with me. See you next time.